Hey, Patrick, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We're out here in Michigan experiencing the end of winter. Yes. I'm sure you know that too well, being from Ohio. I know it. What's the temperature there today? Today, it's 50. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're in Nashville now, right? Yeah. So you guys didn't experience that um, frigid polar vortex that Ohio and Michigan got? I mean, it was colder here than it had been. We've lived here for four years, but it, it was colder this year than the last few. Um, but yeah, it was nothing like Michigan and Ohio. They didn't use the term polar vortex? No. <laughs> no. Straight brutal. <laughs> brutal. Yeah. We are so excited to have you guys back out here in Grand Rapids. You are here a couple years ago, and it was a huge hit. And now you're coming back on this new tour. How's it going? It's going good. We're excited to come back. We had a lot of fun the last show we played in Grand Rapids. I think it was March 18th. 2012, because we had a day yep. off before, and it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. So it was a big weekend for us. <laughs> yeah, it was. Tons of fun. beer. What can we expect yeah. on this new tour? I mean, uh, well, we have a new bass player who's playing with us, Richard Swift, um, who's uh, also a member of the Shins. Okay. Um, but, yeah, we have a whole new light show. We have, we're going we're gonna to build a whole new set list, uh, you know, incorporate some new stuff from the new record. But we're also going to pull out a bunch of songs from our, our previous uh uh, albums. Seven albums, I guess. Yeah. yeah, you guys have a lot. There's a lot to work yeah, with. Now here. I was looking at our our list of songs that we've written, and it's like 150. Which my God, you know, it's pretty nuts. Do you write the songs together? Yeah, we write the music together, and Dan writes the lyrics, and you know, we'll tweak the melody together, play off of each other. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Now, what's it like being with just the two of you? I mean, a lot of the bands we see come through here have so many more people, like five, six people. You know, all. Right. Cooks in the kitchen, and with you guys, it's just two of you. I mean, it makes it easier, you know. I mean, when we go on tour, there's a lot of people. There's like 40 people on our tour. Oh, you yeah. Know, when you factor in all the uh, crew and and uh, people like that. Um, but, yeah, when we go to the studio, it's just Dan and I, Dan and, I and maybe Brian Danger Mouse will come along uh, and help out, produce, and write with us. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's weird. It's It's rare for Dan and I to get, like, time where it's just us that when that does happen it's usually in the studio what about turn blue want to tell me a little bit about that well we actually recorded um we recorded a few songs on the record in michigan in benton in benton harbor um january 2013 we okay that's when we start started the album we went to the studio called the key club in benton harbor um and we, we recorded 12 songs there and then uh we came back to nashville worked on those a little bit more and then went on tour to South America, took a little break, went on tour in the U S and Canada and decided to go straight from that tour to Los Angeles, um, and record more, um, with danger mouse. So we recorded 12 more songs in LA and then in September we kind of sifted through all everything we had and, uh, realized that we had, we actually had made more than one album, but yeah, this, this record, uh, was the one we wanted to put out. Very cool. We're excited for it to come out here May, May, uh, a couple May weeks. May 13th. May 13th, yeah. May 13th. So spring is going to be super busy for you guys between Turn Blue. You're going to be on SNL, right? Musical guest on SNL? Yep. That's exciting. What's yep. that like? Um, It's terrifying. It's terrifying? <laughs> yeah. What, why? I mean, what? I, f- I think every, every musician I know uh, finds it completely terrifying. Yeah. It's just live television, you know? It's like... So it doesn't feel like when you're at a live concert. It's a different feeling? Oh, no. It's great, you know. It's an amazing opportunity. It's something that, like, the first time we got asked to do it, you know, Dan and I, like, flipped out. You know? Oh, yeah. It was like, after eight years, we finally got asked to be on SNL. And it's something that I just have 
one of my my first early musical memories are from that show. Watching, you know, Sonic Youth or uh, watching uh, Nirvana and Smashing oh, Pumpkins. You know, I remember the first time Nirvana played. It was something. It was, I think, January nineteen ninety two. I I was eleven years old and mm-hmm. I had just gotten my first electric guitar uh, for Christmas, and I remember just being so inspired by Nirvana. I just wanted to be in Nirvana. Yes. Um, so yeah. For, so I think for musicians who grew up watching it, you know, and music fans, we get to play it like all this history and the memories of like being a kid. And like that was like the oh, one yeah, time big you got deal. to see. Yeah. It's the only time you got to see live music on TV. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, for sure. Well, we're stressful. excited to see you guys on it. Except, yeah, I can imagine it'd be scary. I always thought it'd be scary to be on SNL in the first place. Like all improv. Oh, man. Yeah. Can I mean, you the have- people that do it. I think eventually like anything, like I think, you know, I, with live shows, you know, you get desensitized oh, yeah. to to just worrying about certain things, you know. But still, every time we go on stage, whether it's like live on SNL or, uh, you know, at the arena in Grand Rapids, it, it, there's a, a element of nerves for me that hits in. And without it, like, I don't know if I'd be able to play a good show. You know, you need those nerves to hype you up and get you ready. Yeah. So when you're on tour, what do you guys what do you guys do when you're on the bus and you and you have all this time to kill? I, I mean, really, I sleep tons. I sleep more <laughs> on tour than I do uh, in real life. Any other point in my life? But, really? Yeah. I just because it's sometimes it's hard to think of anything constructive to do. I, you know, I'll bring a guitar out or yeah. you know, I'll bring out like a, a keyboard or something, and I want to do something really constructive. But um, so you go in with the best of then, intentions, like I'm going to do something constructive yeah. today. And then nothing it happens. Really, it never really works out. No. Yeah. Dude. All right. So uh, what is your, uh, if you had to pick one app on your phone, like a game or whatever that you couldn't live mm-hmm. without, what would you pick? Well, you know what? I think I, I, I think my life would be better without Instagram and without Twitter. Oh, yeah. It's easy. Uh, without <laughs> those things, it would be better. Okay. Uh, so social so media honestly, sometimes li- gets in the way. I could live without every single app. Really? Yeah. See, I'm into the games. I'd I'm addicted to my phone just like everybody else. I yeah. I prefer to not have them around. All right. Yeah. So you don't. So you'd in a perfect world, you wouldn't even use it. You'd go back to '90s, early 2000s when we didn't even have smartphones. I'd use it for a phone. Yeah. What what it, it was made phone. for? An email, even texting, can be completely insane lately. You know. Oh like, yeah. I I'm I'm totally addicted to it, but I yeah I kind of I don't really enjoy it. So there's no app that you can't live without except. You're on them all the time, but you wish you weren't. Yeah. Is that what I mean? I'm, I'm like, I, I basically like uh, when I'm sitting around waiting, I mean, most, most of my life is actually just waiting, you know, cause it's like we go on tour. So oh, it's yeah. waiting the on the bus waiting. to get Hurry to the next city, game. waiting for the, um, uh, waiting for sound check, waiting for the show, waiting to leave. So yeah, I end up using my phone way too much. I, I've been trying to read more books. I've been trying to do things, but yeah. eventually it's just so easy to like, Pick up my phone and look exactly. at Gawker. Yeah. What else, what else could I do? Oh, man, there's Gawker. Right. Oh, there's Facebook. Oh, I got Twitter. Well, okay, so for people that might not know the history here, tell me a little bit about the Black Keys, how you guys got started. I know that you met when you were real young. Well, yeah, we met when I was eight years old, 1988. Um, I don't think I know anybody yeah. from when I was eight years old anymore. Right. Other than my sister. Yeah, I mean, we've known each other for a long time, and um, Dan was a year older than me and went to a different grade school, and... But, you know, we we would play baseball, like pick up baseball mm-hmm. and, and football in the neighborhood. And it wasn't until high school, like I got into playing guitar when I was like 11, 12. I never really got good at it. So I started acquiring like drum sets and things. From I was washing dishes and buying all these instruments. And eventually by the time I was 15, I had like a, a whole band set up in my dad's basement. But 
um, it was just so I could lure my friends over before we could drive so we could start a band. Yeah. And I was so bad at guitar, I'd always get like kicked over to the drums, even though I was awful at drums. <laughs> uh, so eventually I just became a drummer because no one wanted me to play guitar. So at this point, were you, uh, so were you all self-taught? You just goofed around until you yeah, got I mean, it? Yeah, I took guitar lessons for, yeah. I took guitar lessons for about two years, a year and a half. But yeah, so then Dan started coming down to my house around the age of, I guess we were both like 17 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we would just start kind of recording on my four track. I would play drums, he'd play guitar and we'd goof off. And we would play off and on like from the time we were 17 until one day when we were 21, it was like right before 9-11, I think. All right. We, Dan came over to my house. I was living at with a bunch of dudes and going to college and I had this like recorder and his band, he had like this bar band that did covers. He wanted to make a new demo so he could get some more gigs mm-hmm. and the band totally blew him off so him and I hadn't played music in about a year we just set up everything and we just made this demo tape and we sent it off like a week later to a few labels and we heard back from two of them that wanted to put our record out so we signed this weird small record label to this weird deal with like no money or anything yeah. involved just all we were guaranteed was 50 copies of our own album uh, <laughs> nice. we made this record and then we went on tour and the rest I guess is the rest is history. history. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool that you guys have known each other so long. You can feed off each other. And I'm sure that helps in the um, writing process that you can be honest with each other since you've known each other since eight years old. Yeah, we've always been, we've always bonded uh, the best over music, you know? Yeah. So. What would you say is uh, something you might miss about the Midwest, living in Ohio, living around here? I mean, I, I miss I miss almost everything about it. Oh, I really? feel most at home. I when feel most at here. home in the Midwest. I just don't miss the weather. You no. Know? And I... <laughs> Hello? I also don't, I don't miss, um, you know, I, and I feel very strongly about the Midwest. It's like I said, it always feels like home to me. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's one of the most neglected parts of the country. You know, I mean, it's what built the country into what it is today. The industrial revolution was all basically, you know, um, making steel, making rubber, making cars, yeah, making everything that helped this country grow. And then to watch it just disintegrate starting in the late seventies, mid seventies, it's always been, it's always been really hard to go home and see how affected my friends who still live in Akron are by. Yeah. Your friends and family uh, still are over there. Well, the economy is just so depressed still. And it's, it's really, you know, do you guys have any gigs lined up to go back toward your home area? Oh yeah. I mean, we play, we always tour heavily through the Midwest. Is it, is it Uh, pretty cool being able to go back to um, Ohio and like see people, you know, it's amazing. I flew home. Uh, I flew home a few weeks ago and took my dad to the home opener in Cleveland for the Indians game. Oh yeah, it was amazing. You know, just getting to hang out in Cleveland and Akron, seeing everybody. The one thing that was not amazing is like we got there early and there was a rain delay, so we like oh. stood in this area where there's like this beer drinking corral. We had a couple beers and then we went into the game and uh, I had to go to the bathroom really, really bad and I stood in line. <laughs> In Cleveland, in a whatever it's called now, Progressive Field, and okay. I waited like 20 minutes, and like finally this huge bathroom line. I get up to the urinal, and like there's like 150 people in the bathroom, and I have to go pee. Oh no! And right when I'm about to go, this guy in the corner yells like, uh, "Hey, the drummer from the Black Keys is about to go pee." No. And then this guy in the other corner yells, "Yo, man, big fan of the band." And then this other guy's like, you know, like, "Love your work, man." And everybody, I turn around, everybody in the bathroom staring at me. And you're just trying to pee. Uh, and I, I, I was like, told everybody that I had the worst stage fright I've ever had at that moment. <laughs> I couldn't go. I had a, I literally had to like mime pee. I don't know how you do that. You just kind of like 
give a fake chill, you know, yeah. and then like zip up and run to the bleachers and go pee. It was awful. And all that is awful. Yeah. But that is still pretty cool, though, that you got that experience of coming back and going with your dad, even though that yeah. might be the, not the best part. Uh, next time I was wear a diaper. Yeah. Ne- well, clearly. What else would you do? Yeah. Wear a diaper. Right. Have one of There's those bags. There's only one solution to that. Yeah. <laughs> the only solution I can think of. Yeah. Well, we're super excited to have you back out here to Grand Rapids. I know it's going to be a great show, and I'm so glad that you t- took the time to talk to us here. Cool. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye.